Hello and welcome to episode 159 of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast. Yes, still being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida. And tonight, it's time for that January crazy travel roundup. Thanks for listening. Hello, if you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And tonight I am partaking in a Sweetwater 420 G13 strain IPA coming in at 6.0 APV. So a bit of travel news since our last episode, and it was in the form of a nine day road trip, headed up into the North Georgia mountains for a few days and then over to Pittsburgh, Tennessee, which is just a fancy term for just north of Chattanooga, Tennessee. But here's a quick travel tip for you. If Waze offers you an alternative route, just go with it, even if you know where you're going. So coming out of the North Georgia mountains, I was headed south on I-85, which merges into 85. Waze suggested that I get off at exit four and take the back roads to wind myself down to I-85. And inside my mallet-headed brain, I said, I know where I'm going. So I hold true to my route and less than 60 seconds later, I was stuck in a three mile backup with no place to go. Took me almost an hour and a half to get through it all. So we're starting off with a travel tip. Listen to Waze. They probably know better than you do. Heading north out of Pittsburgh, Tennessee, up I-24 into Nash Vegas or Nashville for a few days. That led to one of my favorite places to eat in Nashville, Martin's Barbecue. The CEO and I have dined at their downtown location many times. This one was on the West End. I started with their mac and cheese, almost as good as mom's. And that was accompanied with their brisket tacos, which was a true taste sensation. Smoked brisket, melted cheese, and this cilantro spread encased in a grilled tortilla. Nothing not to like. The only disappointment was that I did not order four tacos and I went with the standard three tacos. Leaving Nashville, I headed back into the Georgia area for a night at the Hampton Inn in Lawrenceville, Georgia. It was a cold night, probably 30, 32 degrees. And this is where my Uber Eats driver decided to deliver my dinner to the Homewood Suites, which was across the parking lot. And that, Caitlin, is the reason that you lost a star on my review. And the last night of this trip was at the Doubletree Atlanta Airport Hotel. And those warm Doubletree chocolate chip cookies are still as good as ever, especially on a cold evening. And when I first began traveling 20, 21 years ago, if you were Hilton Diamond or whatever the level was at the time, they actually gave you a whole 10 of these cookies. And it was either a dozen or a half dozen cookies. I'm not sure, I don't remember. But when you checked in, they presented you with this 10. And somehow that 10 always made it back home with less cookies than what it started out with. Now, one revelation on this trip is that I have actually become a fan of Bucky's travel stores, especially since their expansion into the Southern United States. I, yeah, I've stopped a few times. I've stopped at the one in Daytona, uh, the one outside St. Augustine, but I would certainly drive past it if I knew there was a pilot or a flying J at the next exit. During this nine day trip, I stopped at least three times. And on my leisurely Sunday visit, I probably spent close to an hour taking in all this Bucky greatness. 
And the greatness goes well beyond their well-publicized wall of beef jerky in their famously clean bathrooms. I mean, they sell lodge cast iron cookware. They sell sandals. They sell socks, fire pits, coolers. But if you go to Bucky's, do not leave without a, one of their brisket tacos, almost as good as the brisket at Martin's Barbecue. Now, my revelation was further solidified this past Sunday as I watched a segment on Bucky's during CBS Sunday morning from yet another hotel room in Live Oak, Florida. So on to the January craziness, and this month we open up with man blames turbulence for fondling seatmate on United Flight. Okay, I'm listening. This has to be good. This came in from justice.gov. Ivan Lopez Jr., age 26, is charged with sexually assaulting another passenger on board a commercial flight. According to the posted court documents, it was alleged that Lopez was a passenger on a flight from Las Vegas to Washington, Dulles. During the flight, the passenger seated next to Lopez fell asleep, and she woke to Lopez repeatedly rubbing her right breast. The passenger allegedly yelled at Lopez, and then he moved to the back of the aircraft where he allegedly admitted to a flight attendant that he had sexually assaulted the woman. So first, you have to love the use of the word allegedly in this story. And second, this is where Lopez begins the good old bait and switch. You see, Lopez later told the flight attendant that he has a disability, which prompted his action. And I could only imagine if his disability was more severe, would he have grabbed or rubbed both of this lady's breasts. But by the time the flight landed in Dulles, Lopez's story had completely changed. He told the FBI that he wanted to get the woman's attention because he wanted to know what she was listening to on her headphones. Sure he was. Lopez then added that when he attempted to tap her on the shoulder, the aircraft hit turbulence and bam, his hand fell upon her breast instead of her shoulder. This actually reminds me of the old Reese's peanut butter cup commercial. If you remember those, you got peanut butter in my chocolate and you got chocolate in my peanut butter. Either way, Mr. Lopez, you can't go around touching strangers. It makes you a pervert and people don't like it no matter what you saw on the internet. So we haven't checked in on TSA for a while, but it just so happens that they released their list of top 10 catches for 2021. So in David Letterman style, we'll start with number 10, bullets in a deodorant container. Number nine, an antique pistol. Number eight was one that we covered months ago at the Hobby International Airport in Texas, the meth burrito. Honolulu Airport saw the gun belt buckle. Harrisburg International came in number six with a meat cleaver. Thank you, Florida, Destin, Fort Walton Beach, number five with bear spray. Number four, a machete, number three, fireworks. Uh, number two, at Sacktown International Airport, a wine holder shaped like a gun. And coming in at number one at the new airport, the New Orleans International Airport, a chainsaw. So first, if I was playing TSA bingo, there's no way in hell that I would have ever been able to complete anything and yell bingo. And second, I knew that Thank You Florida would be somewhere on the list. I really didn't expect it to be the destined Fort Walton Beach Airport, but I knew we would be there. And third, Meth Burrito sounds like a code name or some sort of a kinky sex move. Maybe I should ch check Urban Dictionary on that one. 
Here's a quick travel tip. If it's shaped like a gun or shaped like a bullet, even if it is not an actual gun or an actual bullet, you cannot carry it on an airplane. I once had a friend that was carrying a cigar punch that was fashioned out of an old discarded bullet and he got popped for it and lost a $30 cigar punch. So nothing that looks, shapes, acts, sounds like a gun or bullet is allowed to be carried onto a plane. And in 2021, nearly 5,700 firearms were confiscated at TSA security checkpoints, the highest number of weapons seized ever. And of those seized, 85% were loaded, which makes sense since an unloaded gun does you little good and more than likely will get you shot and killed. And Atlanta, Dallas, and Houston were the top three airports for firearm seizures. So one of the travel blogosphere websites, The Gate, recently asked this question, is vehicle parking becoming a new revenue stream for hotels? In my opinion, the answer is a resounding yes. And I understand paying for parking. If I'm staying downtown, if I'm staying near an airport or even at a boutique hotel, I don't agree with it, but I grudgingly accept it. And during this past nine day road trip, I paid for parking at three out of the nine nights for the hotels. And one of those hotels was not one that typically charges for parking. And to pile on with this, I was traveling with a coworker. I was in effect his Uber since he was riding shotgun, but he had a $64 charge for parking on his receipt. And I know that parking lots require maintenance. You've got to stripe them. You've got to keep the potholes patched and whatnot, but just bake an extra dollar or two into the daily room rate and you won't have so many irate customers. Another travel blogosphere website view from the wing gave us this one. Passenger violates American Airlines rules by wearing a space helmet. Last month, we had a guy with a thong strapped to his head. This month, we've got somebody wearing a space helmet. A woman headed from Charlotte to Fayetteville, North Carolina, was seen wearing a space helmet over her mask. This is a very short flight, 118 miles, maybe 120 miles at most, up in the air and then right back down. But when I first read this, I thought, this is better than a mask. Why the controversy? Well, airlines have policies just not on what you have to wear, but also what you cannot wear. And most of these policies are not widely publicized. But according to American Airlines, they ban personal face tents, which I guess is a space helmet, body tents, and pods. They also ban personal air purifiers and ozone generators, all of which they consider recreational equipment. Now, View from the Wing went on to add that, yeah, you're supposed to remove your mask before putting on an oxygen mask if one falls out of the ceiling. But having to remove a helmet first could cause it to take too long, even more so if you need to place your own oxygen mask on before as we've all heard it, helping someone else. My takeaway from this was that this passenger was looking to make it all about them, AKA a true space cadet. Now here's another story that focus or centers around what you cannot wear on an American Airlines flight. Olivia Culpo was asked to put on a blouse before her flight to Mexico. And when I saw this, two things came to mind. First is who is Olivia Culpo? And what was she actually wearing? Well, Olivia is a former Miss Universe and a Sports Illustrated model. 
in addition to being quote unquote, a social media influencer. Okay, I get it, I think. So Olivia was wearing a long black cardigan with a bralette and shorts. Okay, I guess, I mean, I, I say I guess because there's no way in hell that I would ever comment to the appropriateness of what one is wearing. Long story short, Olivia ended up wearing a gray hoodie and was allowed to board the flight. But wait, there's more, there's always more. And while in Mexico, Olivia trolled American Airlines using her Instagram account with posts such as, please use caution while using the overhead bins as items may have shifted during flight. And the picture accompanying that post was Olivia wearing a dress that consists of at most two pieces of fabric held together with shoelaces from what was possibly her boyfriend's high top sneakers. We're heading into the from the department of part of this month's episode. So from the department of I just watched the 1981 movie Porky's and my dad lent me his car. I give you this maskless Delta passenger faces 20 years in prison for mooning flight attendant and throwing a can. This came to us from ABC Twitter. A Delta passenger faces 20 years in prison after he allegedly refused to wear a mask, went into the first class and mooned a flight attendant, put his hat on the captain's head, and then threw a soda can at another passenger. Shane McInerney is out on $20,000 bond, and it's doubtful that Shane will see anything close to 20 years. I'm guessing a fine, probably some probation. However, I would expect nothing less than a mooning from someone named Shane. And since Shane is Irish, we all know that an Irishman is never drunk as long as he can hold onto the floor. From the department of I'm the captain now, thank you, Tom Hanks. I give you this, American Airlines passenger breaks into cockpit, damages flight controls. An American Airlines passenger, we've had a lot of American Airlines incidents this past month. But an American Airlines passenger ran down the jet bridge and onto the aircraft straight into the cockpit. So here's a travel tip. Remember, when you enter the airplane, you are supposed to turn to the right, not the left. But once inside the cockpit, he damaged some of the flight controls. Next, a pilot in the cockpit tried to stop him, at which point the passenger tried to jump out of the open cockpit window. This all took place in Honduras in a flight headed to Miami, thank you, Florida. The flight was delayed for close to eight hours as passengers waited for a replacement plane. I am not a world traveler. I have never been to Honduras, but I'm willing to bet that Honduras isn't where American Airlines has a hangar filled with replacement planes. And honestly, in cases like this, I'm all for some good old tarmac justice right around hour three of having to wait. Let the remaining passengers be the judge as well as the jury. And finishing up with my lawyer can beat up your lawyer, I end with this. Not guilty passenger too drunk to be responsible for assaulting flight attendants. William Clegg, age 33, is cleared of assaulting a British Airway cabin crew after taking sleeping pills and drinking three glasses of wine and, oh yeah, a Bailey's. Plus, he apologizes for headbutting the flight attendant. Mr. Clegg's defense was that his conduct on the flight was caused by combining alcohol with two ambient tablets, the side effects of which he was unaware. Billy went on to add, if somebody had told me or had I read the leaflet and it said there was a one in a million chance of this happening, I would not have taken the pills. 
You see, Billy is a banker, so he's not a total mallet head. But how did he not know that this was going to end badly? Possibly it was the Baileys that put him over the edge. For those of you that still believe plain drinking or plain drinking is fun as well as romantic, I have a bit of bad news, especially if you fly Southwest. The reason they have extended their alcohol ban through at least spring of 2022. According to Southwest, the reason for the extension of the ban is because of the rampant virus spread. Seriously, you still have contact between flight attendants and passengers as they serve other beverages and snacks. Personally, I think Southwest has gotten used to the reduction of alcohol-fueled incidents. And besides, they still have their hands full with all the vaxxers versus the anti-maskers. There you have it, the first crazy travel roundup of 2022. The next episode will probably be one of those uh, miscellaneous episodes. Lots of stories, but nothing that would fill a whole 20 minutes worth. If you want detailed show notes, links, and pictures, head over to podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories. That's podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories. Leave me a message at Anchor. Shoot me an email, travelfrick at gmail.com. That's travelfrick at gmail.com. As I always say, travel safe, stay safe, and thanks for listening.